This is the Equip Podcast from Cornerstone Church of Ames, a podcast designed to help you live a gospel-fueled and faithful life wherever Jesus has called you. Welcome again to the Equip Podcast from Cornerstone Church. My name is Mark Vance, and today I want to talk about friendship. Um, Specifically, here's kind of where this is coming from for me today. Um, One, we are going through a series on the book of Proverbs this summer at Cornerstone, and we've just finished the first nine chapters of the book of Proverbs. The the first nine chapters kind of serve as an introduction to what wisdom is all about. Now, we're going to kind of make the turn at Cornerstone to the next section of Proverbs, which is all about various kind of pithy statements of wisdom. You know, the apples of gold and settings of silver is like a word fitly spoken. It's That's a proverbial, pithy statement. And so there's so many of those in Proverbs. When you go to teach the book, it's kind of hard to group everything together. So what we did was we picked seven topics. What we're going to go over this summer in our Sunday sermons is pride, justice, the how you deal with conflict, the power of work and money, what it looks like to eat and to drink to the glory of God, uh, the noble woman of Proverbs 31, and ultimately family, parenting, and the roles of parents and children. So those seven topics we're going to talk about on a Sunday morning, but there's all sorts of topics then inside the book of Proverbs as I've been reading over it in my study that just constantly stick out to me as something that there's so much wisdom for us here. And one of those topics is friendship. And so while we're not going to have the chance to go over that on a Sunday morning, I wanted to take a little time in the Equib podcast to ponder some of what Proverbs has been teaching me about friendship. And so one of the reasons for doing this is just studying Proverbs. The second is I went on uh, a vacation trip with some of our dearest friends for Crystal and I got away. And the power of those few days uh, to do good in our life was really, really incredible. And it just made me think, coming back from that, this is my first week back in the office after vacation, about the power that friendship has had in my life. I think maybe the greatest blessing that I've had in my life as I look over it is that all throughout my life, God has given me the privilege of incredible godly friendship. And it's shaped who I am in so many ways. And it's it's the sort of gift that constantly keeps giving in my life. And so as I've thought back on so many of the friendships that I've had, and as I've been reading through Proverbs throughout this summer studying, it just struck me that there's a few things that the book of Proverbs says that are really helpful. So here's what I'm going to talk about just briefly. What makes a great friend, the vulnerability that is inside of friendship, and then ultimately the power that friendship holds to direct our life. And so the first thing is I just want to look at some of the Proverbs, and I'll read them out loud as I look at them, uh, about what makes a great friend. And these aren't everything that the book of Proverbs says, but they're the five kind of recurring character traits that stood out to me as I read the Proverbs on friendship. And so the first characteristic is a friend is there for you when you need them. So Proverbs 17 and verse 17 says, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for a difficult time. A friend loves at all time. A brother is born for a difficult time. A friend is there for you when you need them, especially when it's not convenient to them, but when you really need them. I think of this as like the 3 a.m. principle of friendship, that a true friend is somebody you can call at 3 a.m. 
and they're going to answer. Although with the iPhone, I wonder if actually that principle of friendship is subtly eliminated because I think you can block calls from time to time on your iPhone. But that's neither here nor there. Don't pay attention to that. 3 a.m. friendship. The friend who is there for you can knock on their door. They're going to help you. And for me, I mean, nothing illustrates this in my life. The principle of friend being there for you, like my friend Jeremy Aarons. Uh, I grew up with him. He's one of my best buddies growing up. But in the time when Crystal and I were newly married, I had uh, a terrible attack of appendicitis, and Crystal could not figure out what was going on. And it's the middle of the night, and she's terrified for me to drive myself. There's no way I could do that to get to the hospital. And so rather than us thinking we should call an ambulance, we thought we should call Jeremy Aarons. I think it was in part because in high school he worked at Mary Greeley Hospital. Now, in saying that, I should qualify it. He was a valet car parker at Mary Greeley Hospital, but I think it's the extensive hospital experience that made us think of him uh, when I needed to have an appendectomy. But that's neither here nor there. Jeremy is a 3 a.m. friend for me. He has been there for me when I needed him because it's true. A friend loves at all times. Your good days, your bad days, and everything in between, a friend is there for you. That's the first trait of friendship. Here's the second trait of a true friend, what you're looking for in friendship. Proverbs 27, verse 6. Friend is honest. It says, The wounds of a friend are trustworthy, but the kisses of an enemy are excessive. The wounds of a friend are faithful. you, You know when a friend who loves you and is loyal to you says, hey, I don't know if you know this about yourself, or I don't know if you're seeing this clearly, that you can trust their wounds. And that's really important. One of the biblical principles that we have to realize is that our perception of our own moral justifications can be off. What I mean is sometimes you don't really know yourself that well. The Bible says the heart of a person is desperately wicked. Who can know it? And so that means our self-perception, even sometimes of our own motives, is as accurate as a carnival mirror. The the potential to be self-deceived is very high. And so in order to live a life that is full of integrity and full of wisdom, we don't just need our own perspective. We need the wise perspective of friends. And the wounds of a friend are sometimes not only trustworthy, they're necessary. We won't become the sort of godly, faithful people he intends us to be unless we have people who aren't just willing to compliment us, but at times to contradict, to push on us, to fight on us, and even to wound us if we have to for our good. A friend, their wounds are like the wounds of a surgeon. A surgeon cuts you open to heal you. That's the way a friend does. They don't use the knife to wound They use it to produce a good at the other end. They're not trying to kill you. They're trying to help you. That's why honesty is a trade and a friend. Think about the best friends in your life. They're people who tell you what's true, even if you don't want it. Okay, here's third principle, third trait of a friend. Proverbs 27, verse 9 says, Oil and incense bring joy to the heart, and the sweetness of a friend is better than self-counsel. I'll put it this way. Third trait of a friend is joy. 
It's just, it's sweetness when they're around. That's the way Proverbs describes it. The sweetness of a friend is better than self-counsel. Even that word, self-counsel, it's better than listening to your self-talk. It's better than just talking in a mirror. Last week when we were on vacation, one of our friends who was with us, the Van Cleves, Jared and Stephanie, I remember Stephanie around the fire one night saying, everything in life is better when Jared is around. And I think that's true of Jared. He's one of my dearest friends. And he's one of those guys that Jared is like salt, you know? I know some of you can't eat salt because of your diet, and I'm somewhat getting close to that. You know, let's not talk about diets right now, although some of my friends do that with me as well. But, but Jared is like salt. You put it on it on whatever you're eating, and it's just a little bit better because he's there. He's a joy-bringing presence. That's what a friendship is like. It's the sort of person that when they walk in a room, you feel better because they're there. They bring joy with them. Okay, fourth principle, Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Iron sharpens iron. That's the picture of what I'm going to call a great friend is a wise counselor. They're, they're willing to bring wisdom to not to, to sharpen, to press up against so that in the, the friction of ideas, one person becomes better than the other person. The iron is sharpening the iron. Both are getting better in that interaction because in true friendship, wise counsel characterizes it and we become better and sharper because of each other. So to review here the traits, a friend is there for you in the Proverbs. A friend is honest with you, even to the point where they'll wound you to hurt, to help you. Third, a friend brings joy when they're in your presence. Fourth, a friend is a wise counselor, iron that can sharpen iron. And then the last characteristic I'll point out that's stuck out to me as I've read the Proverbs on friendship is that a a friend is loyal. They're trustworthy. You know you can count on them to be there for you and to be loyal, to hold what is dear that you share with them. Proverbs 17, 9 says, whoever conceals an offense promotes love, but whoever gossips about an offense separates friends. See, this is almost like an anti-friendship verse. You want to kill friendship? You need to gossip. You need to take what's been entrusted to you and share it with others, whoever. But true friendship would be the opposite. What binds friends together is when something is shared in confidence and the loyal, trustworthy friend holds that dear. A friend is there for you. They're honest with you. They bring joy when they're around you. They're a wise counselor and they are loyal and trustworthy. It's what makes a great friend. It's, it's worth pausing and asking, even as we listen to this, maybe there's a great friend in your life that as I've described these things, you think, this is what this person's been to me. I wonder if you've thanked them for their friendship. I wonder if that would be something you could forward this podcast to them. And you could say, hey, this made me think of you. I wonder if that's something you could do. And maybe also hearing these characteristics from the Proverbs makes you step back and think, am I truly a great friend? Would, would the people who are in my life describe me this way, that I'm there for people? that I'm honest, even if it's not convenient, that I bring joy when I'm with people, that I give wise counsel, and that I'm loyal and trustworthy. 
None of those words even there, guys. Think of the opposite. None of them said a friend is a yes man. A friend always agrees with you. In fact, the, the Proverbs are very clear that sometimes friends, true friends don't. And I think sometimes what we're really looking for is a fan, not a friend. Sometimes what we want is people to agree with us, to applaud us, but a true friend can't just do that. A friend is committed to the truest version of us, which means if we are off, if we're in sin, if we're living apart from God's ways, the true friend can't agree with us, can't celebrate us, they have to call us back. That's the sort of friends we're looking for. It's what makes a great friend, not just a fan. And there's something, the second thing I just want to notice here, true friendship then comes with it a great deal of vulnerability. That's the second thing. There's a vulnerability to friendship. The last verse I read in Proverbs is really interesting. Proverbs 17, 9 says, whoever conceals an offense promotes love. Whoever gossips about that offense separates friends. And in the Proverbs, you can't always see this in the English translation. There's a couple different words for friends that are used. The traditional word is used in many of the other contexts, but in this verse that I read, Proverbs 17, 9, that word friend has, it's a different word, and it means like close to the heart friendship, the tightest of friendships. It's like the sort of friendship that the Bible talks about David and Jonathan having, where they were just bound together in love. They were as committed to one another as you could be to a person. Here's what Proverbs 17, 9 says. Gossip can separate that sort of like bound blood oath loyalty friendship. Think about the pain of that. Think about the pain that comes when a friendship that was so bound up to you that your hearts are united, you're linked together, when that's ripped apart, when that can be wounded. You see... Friendship, there's vulnerability in it in two ways. First off, in order to be a true friend, if you're going to be truly honest and truly loyal and truly give wise counsel, you have to take the risk of vulnerability in the way you relate to your friends. You can't just share only the good things. You can't only compliment if you want a true friendship. But on the other side to that, there's a vulnerability to being someone who's in a friendship because you are opening yourself up to the sort of relationship that both can bring life when it is good and can bring terrible pain when it is horrible. I mean, think about this even in relationship to family. The most painful moments in nearly everyone's life, if as a pastor, as I talk to people and they unpack what has happened in their life, almost all the most painful of their moments happen inside the deepest of relational connections. A divorce from a spouse. Why is that so painful? It's not just painful because of the word divorce. It's painful because what it represents is the tearing apart of that closest level of friendship. See, to become a friend means I have to put myself into a relationship that matters enough that it hurts if it's not there. So friendship is vulnerability. It's being open to wounding. And it requires that sort of openness and sharing for it to work. It's, it's part of the, the vulnerability of friendship. But then the last thing I want to see in the Proverbs is, but if you will take those steps of vulnerability, if you will be those sorts of friends, 
who are there for one another, honest, bring joy, bring wise counsel, who are loyal. There is a power in friendship that Proverbs talks about that's incredible. Proverbs 13, verse 20 says, The one who walks with the wise will become wise, but a companion, a friend of fools, will suffer harm. You show me your friends, and I can show you your future. That's what that's saying. If, if you show me a group of friends, teenager or high schooler, that is wise, that loves God, that respects their parents, here's what is almost definitely going to happen in your life. You will become wise. You show me your friends, and they're a group of fools who reject counsel, who run toward evil, and you know what? You will suffer harm. You hang around with the boys in the bar, you're going to become like those people. We become like who we are around. Human beings are pack animals. We are social beings. We're created in the image of God for this sort of social connection with others. And as we walk with those who are wise, we will become like them. But a companion of fools will suffer harm. So if you show me your friends, I can show you your future. In fact, I I would put money on this. If you could put together your five closest friends in the world, my guess is you will become incredibly like those five people. Who they are will have an unbelievable shaping influence on all of your life. There is an unbelievable power to friendship. So choose wisely. Or maybe, I think friendship, sometimes when you use the word choice, it makes you think like you kind of like line people up on a wall and you select, oh, I want friend A, not friend B. There's another side to this principle. Proverbs 13, 20, the one who walks with the wise will become wise. In part, that's because wise people want to walk with wise people. So if you want to have great friends, if you want to have wise friends, here's the key. You have to become a wise person because wisdom attracts wisdom and folly attracts folly. Who you are will be reflected in the friends that are around you and the friends that are around you will shape who you are. So here's a reflection off the book of Proverbs from friendship. It's incredibly valuable. It's incredibly powerful and it is worth the effort and the pursuit. It is easy in America right now to live a deeply isolated life. It's easy to go to work, to get done at the end of the day, to pull your car in, to veg out watching videos on YouTube and to binge watch things on Netflix and never go to the effort to cultivate deep friendships with other people. It is easy to stay isolated, but that path isn't wise and it won't produce good fruit. And so as we're pursuing health in this year. We're pursuing what it means to be faithful as a presence for Christ in the places where he has put us. I know one of the most important foundations to that is godly friendship. I was reminded of that reading the book of Proverbs. I've been reminded of that with the time I've been able to spend with friends on vacation and just relaxing a little bit this summer. And I want to urge all of you listening, become the sort of great friend that you want to have. And if you do have a great friend, make sure to say thanks to them. Maybe this should prompt a note to you. Maybe this, for some of you, your best friend, I hope, I hope you say this, your best friend is your spouse and you need to sit down with your spouse tonight and just thank God for them. 
for all that he's done. Plant the seeds today. Water the garden of friendship. Grow a life of friendship that is rich and deep because in so doing, you'll become the rich and deep and wise sort of person God wants you to be. Keep pursuing friendship, friends. Friends.